0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between, welcome to our instant recap podcast of the first of the NFL playoff games in 2023. The San Francisco 49ers dousing the Seattle Seahawks uh, at Levi Stadium. Levi Stadium? Is that what it's still called? I can't remember. Yeah. In San Fran. Uh, my name is Jake, and I'm joined on the couch. By the one and only Minnesota Jack. How are you, Jacko?
1: I'm good. Glad to be here
0: on the the famed uh, <laughs> JBSE couch. Yes. That's right. It's a very famous couch. Uh, a lot of football has been watched here. There's a lot of culture within the fabric yeah. of the couch. If you
1: take a very strong sniff,
0: you can smell <laughs> all of the sports that have gone through this material all the blood sweat and tears from my time watching sport just (laughs) soaked into the fibers of the couch um crazy game Mm. the the 49ers it was a bit of a roller coaster of emotions the 49ers get up 10 to nothing um and look like they're gonna cruise and then all of a sudden Seattle comes back in the second quarter Leads 17-16 at halftime. And we're like, oh shit. You know, uh, are the Niners about to choke this away? Is Brock Purdy going to fall in a heap? Like he he looks sort of patchy. Mm. To be kind, I would say. You know, it was like um, in, in the first half. And then San Francisco comes out in the third quarter. They like drain half of the third quarter off the clock on the opening drive, which they score a touchdown, and Seattle never recovers. They score a touchdown late, but in the meantime, the Niners add 25 points to win 41-23. What was your sort of, like, I don't know, what were your thoughts watching this game? How do you come away feeling? Like, yeah, where are you at with it?
1: Yeah, it was a bit disappointing for Seattle because you, you're up, yeah, mm. by a point, but you're up against the 49ers in their house at halftime in the playoffs, a game that no one was expecting you to, to win. yeah, And you were in a winning position at halftime. So to, to come out come out of the rooms, come out of the locker room after halftime and basically put up no points. Like you said, there was a late touchdown, but it was in the final two minutes. Game was beyond over. Mm. Um, so to score zero meaningless points uh it was disappointing because we were sort of on the Seahawk train a little bit. I think we, we both wanted the 49ers to win for for Brock Purdy. Yeah. We sort of we're we're on that train um more than the Seahawks. But, you know, they they were rallying and they were they were up and you're like, "Oh, maybe this is the upset." But they just couldn't. They couldn't capitalize on that position that they had put themselves in. They couldn't capitalize on those early drives by the 49ers that ended in three and outs that they had to punt away, mm. forced a few field goals where I said to you, like, if they can force field goals, maybe they give themselves a chance. And they did. Yeah. They gave themselves a chance. They just couldn't keep going with it. And it, it it wasn't the sort of thing that happened straight at a half time. Like, they were driving to tie the game up in that third quarter. Yeah. When, I think it was Bosa went in and strip sacked Gino, Gino Smith. Yeah. And... You just felt from that point on, all, all hope, all energy was kind of sapped from Seattle. Uh, and from that point on, they just couldn't do anything. And you felt like the Seahawks had to do everything right, plus maybe in a turnover to win this game. It was like, just don't turn the ball over, be efficient, score, and yeah, probably steal a possession to win and so you felt like the fact that they not only didn't do that but they turned the ball over twice mm. was like ah oh, well it's it's over now and i think they felt that as well they were like ah oh, shit that was our chance and we just gave the ball back to the 49ers and they did what they did and they you know scored 25 points pretty much unanswered
0: yeah and, and- like, looking at this game, some things that stand out, like the the Seahawks allowed 7.9 yards per play. So if you're allowing almost a first down on every play yeah. in terms of yardage, you know, on average, it's going to be really hard because even when you... You know, there were a few times where they were able to make, you know, a, a short gain, you know, even a, and very occasionally a loss when, mm. when San Fran tried to run it, particularly when they tried to run it up the middle, I thought, like then, you know, Brock Purdy would answer back with uh, you know, ten, fifteen yard completion, um and and the, the chains would move. Um San Fran didn't turn it over, no fumbles lost, no interceptions thrown, they only allowed one sack, they only punted once all afternoon. The Seahawks had to punt four times. I think that if if you said before the game that the, the, the Niners are gonna punt once, Seahawks are gonna punt four times. That was about the way you thought it would go in the mm. end, and, and that's the way it turned out. Um, did, what did you think about Seattle like running the ball? They only ran what 21 times with running backs. That They had 25 carries total. Four of those were Geno Smith for 28 yards. Um, Kenneth Walker, 15 carries, 63 yards. DJ Dallas, 6 carries, 13 yards. Did they go away from the run, or were they just stopped in the end? You know, they were discouraged from running the ball.
1: Well, I thought they looked okay early. Um, you know, Kenneth Walker got that touchdown; he was running okay. It didn't look like he was gonna take over the game. But he had a few good runs, and you thought like this might be sustainable if you know, and Metcalf was having a good game. Yeah. Like maybe this will be just a nice balanced offense for them. Um, but yeah, they definitely did go away. There's no yeah. no. There's no question about that, but the question is more about why did they go away? Were, were they forced to because they were down so early in that second half? Like, mm-hmm. oh, they just had to start throwing the ball. Did the 49ers do something differently on yeah. defense? You felt like the defense for the 49ers went back out there and thought, okay, enough of this. Enough of this. Yeah. Let's go in and put our foot down. And, and they did that in the run game. And they also did it in the pass game, you know, picking off Geno Smith and... Mm. In that strip sack, like they they they're putting more pressure. Um, so I, I I think you know Kenneth Walkie's a rookie. Like yeah, you can't expect him to tear that game up. But at the same time, Brock Purdy's a rookie, and he did tear this game up. So that kind of goes to show that whether you're a rookie, whether you're a, even a starter for a decade, mm. a lot of your success depends on the talent around you and the environment you're in. And unfortunately for for Kenneth. He just wasn't given the right opportunities at the right time to, to make plays. He, he did what he could, but the, the game plan just didn't really allow for him to really go off.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Like When you look at the the stats for the the receivers, I sort of want to like, transition into a bit of a discussion about um, Brock Purdy. There's a bit of debate going on on Twitter at the moment, I'm seeing, in the, in the fallout from this game. Um, you know, some people arguing like, hey, Brock Purdy didn't really play that well, like he was bailed out by, you know, the the weapons around him. Um, you know, some people saying, you know, it's sort of in regards to the future, I guess, but mm. it but it plays into the playoff conversation the rest of the way too, when Jimmy G is healthy. But people saying like he's not actually playing that well, despite putting up these numbers. Um, some people saying, you know, Trey Lance you know, is definitely more talented and why on earth would you trade away from him? Like when you've got contractual control over Brock Purdy, you can just mm-hmm. hang on to him and you can also continue to develop Trey Lance. Um, as your preferred starter, knowing you've always got this backup with Purdy, uh, obviously probably, you know, then you enter into a conversation about you know, the locker room, losing the locker room, you know, the yeah. Zach Wilson type stuff. Mm. You know, do the team believe in Trey Lance like they believe in Brock Purdy or Jimmy G? Because that was a conversation earlier this season or even coming into the year was like Jimmy G was kind of the, the, the dude in the locker room. Mm. Um, but I just wanted to quote the stats of the receivers Um, Debo Samuel, six catches, 133 yards. Let's just do this. The average catch, the average reception. 22 yards was the average reception for Debo. 24.3 for Brandon Ayuk. 20.5 for Juwan Jennings. 18.5 for Kittle. 12.5 for Elijah Mitchell. 8.5 for McCaffrey. Like, so what, the top four receivers were going at over 15 yards a catch. There's an explosiveness to this team that allows Brock Purdy to make a simple completion that turns into a, t- a long touchdown. What did you think? What did you think of Brock Purdy's game? Did he play well, in, in your opinion? Where, 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 where did you rate his sort of performance? Yeah, I thought he played well. I th- in fact, I might even say
1: really well, considering it's his first playoff game, and he's a rookie. Yeah. Um, I think that, that adds a little... You should get a little more credit than perhaps most quarterbacks would. Um, yeah, he didn't absolutely tear it up in terms of his own performance and him throwing the ball downfield. But this is the offense. What you, They're not asking him to throw yeah. downfield 15 times a game. So he's not going to throw it downfield 15 times a game. Yeah. right. So you, you can't ask him to do something he's been told not to do. He's doing what he's been told to do really well. Yeah. He's getting the ball out to those playmakers, and they are making the plays. And like, it's a little different, but it's like, no one complains when Aaron Rodgers was with Devontae Adams saying, ah, but he's not that good. He has Devontae Adams. Yeah. It's like, just because a quarterback has really good talent Mm. doesn't mean that the only talent belongs in the receivers or the running backs. Like, yeah, it is a mutual thing. And I think that goes, I think that's uh, applicable for Brock Purdy here. It's like, yeah, he might not be, he might not have a great arm, right? He might not be Mm. like Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, from last year, like he might not be these guys that just like chucks it down, you know, Justin Herbert, like, yeah. but he's not being asked to do that. Yeah. What he's being asked to do is he wasn't so efficient this game, but all season is be efficient, Yeah, complete the ball, get it to Debo Samuel, get it to George Kittle, yeah. get it to Christian McCaffrey, get it to these guys and let them take the ball downfield, mm. and that is what this game was. Yes, sometimes he'd miss a throw, He had, to, especially early on, he looked a little nervy, had a couple almost picks, like it actually was, yeah. he was not playing very well, but he got into the rhythm, and that there came a point in this game where the 49ers looked unstoppable, not because every play was a positive play, yeah. but because every drive was just yeah. going down with ease. Yeah, maybe they went, maybe they'd be two incompletions, and then it's third down and ten, it's like, ah. George Kittle for 25 yards. Another two incompletions. But Debo Samuel for 50 yards. Like, that was sort of their game today. And at the end of the day, if you score points, you get, what was it, 41 points. Yeah.
0: doesn't matter how you get those points, you got them. His scrambling ability, like, really impresses me. Like, that... Should like, have had five I, touchdowns, like... Yeah, that, that throw he made where he was, like, weaving from sideline to sideline and finally came back, found the guy in the corner of the end zone, it was dropped. Like, that was maybe one of two kind of Mahomesian, Mm. maybe even one or three. There was a two of his touchdown passes were slipping out of pressure in the pocket and delivering a a, a pass. Now, to a wide-open guy, but it's the ability to get out of pressure Mm. that allows you to deliver it to the wide-open guy. And not all rookie QBs actually know how to do that. A lot of guys run into sacks because they panic and get happy feet. He's actually calm enough in the pocket to To identify where the gap is that he can escape, and and then make the throw. Like, there was some high level stuff. Now there was some like shaky stuff too. That's, but isn't it funny? Like, because I think you you contrast that, and I guess that's why people are down on Trey Lance. Is the one start he had this year was Week One in the pissing rain against Mm. the Bears. And he went 15 of 31 for 194, no touchdowns, one pick. Uh, He also had a fumble that he recovered. You know, quarterback rating of 55. So that's like the lasting image people have of Trey Lance in their heads. There's nothing to say he can't get better. But the thing with with Purdy is that, like, he's allowed to have mistakes. Like, he's a rookie QB, that's almost what's funny is that the standards that we're trying to hold him to here on, on Twitter and stuff, people go, oh, like he didn't play that well. Dude threw like 323 yards, three touchdowns, should have had, uh, and rushed for one himself, mm. should have had five total yeah. touchdowns because he found that guy in the end zone on a fucking brilliant play. Now, yeah, he's got his issue, like like all quarterbacks, you know, he's going to have moments. But who is the better quarterback in this game? Like, I... Like, Feel like Brock Purdy played yep. better for and for more longer. consistently. Yeah.
1: Geno Smith had a patch there where he I think he had only like one or two incompletions. Yeah, and just, dynamite. He was he was Geno Smith. He yeah. was had a high completion percentage, but also lots of yards. Like he was on track for a classic Geno Smith game. Um and then yeah, it just fell apart in that second half. Whereas Brock Purdy had a small patch early, mm. but Still managed to work through that and not cause any turnovers and then got on a roll and just, yeah, had a great game.
0: It's those plays for me, it's the escapable plays. Like, I get, you know, people like, oh, you know, it, it, most, you know, rookies or backups can hit, you know, Debo Samuel wide open over the middle, or whatever. True. Most rookies and most backups are going to struggle to make those plays where they're able to elongate the play to keep the drive alive. That to me is the difference and why, you know, I go, man, he's a baller. Is it's that stuff. He's he's smart, he's crafty. Not all backups do that, not all rookies do that. Like, yeah, a lot of guys can hit wide open receivers. But sometimes the only reason he gets those wide open receivers is because he makes the defense work for longer. Because you can avoid the pass rush and that sort of thing. So I think there's a bright future. I think it's a great problem to have in San Francisco where you've got three quarterbacks potentially on the roster yeah. who give you good options. You know, So uh, they'll have to make a decision, I think, about Jimmy G because I, I think he's a free agent. I'm not sure off the top of my head. Um, but anyway, I doubt
1: we see all three.
0: That's no, what I'm no. saying. I they'll, doubt they'll one of them is going. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. That's it. That'll do. We've got 15 minutes till kickoff uh, for Jags, Chargers. We'll try and do an yeah. instant recap for that one as well. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Hopefully you are enjoying the playoff mm-hmm. weekend. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you shortly. Get some more football up, ya. Yeah.